0: Welcome to Episode 1 in the AIC Seasonal Video Series, Trinity Tide, The Teaching Season. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. Like all our seasonal video series, this presentation is aimed at enhancing anyone's understanding of the seasons in the church calendar, and especially for Anglicans, their knowledge of traditional worship using the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. In this episode, presented in two parts, I will speak about the history of Trinity Season, including the relationship between Whit Sunday, better known in most of Christianity as Pentecost, and Trinity Sunday and Season, and the Collect Epistle and Gospel reading for Whit Sunday, presented in part one, and in part two the readings for Monday in Whitsun week and Tuesday in Whitsun week, and finally appropriate seasonal music from the St. Chrysostom hymnal for all these occasions in Whitsuntide. Trinity season, or Trinity Tide as it is called in the English prayer book tradition, is the longest season on the church calendar. Trinity Sunday, the first Sunday in the season, is a movable feast, which always occurs on the eighth Sunday after Easter. Based upon the date of Easter, using the formula in place since the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, the earliest possible date for Trinity Sunday is May 17th. The latest possible date is June 20th. The earliest celebrations of Trinity season began around the 7th or 8th century, around the time of the revival of the Holy Roman Empire in Western Europe under Charlemagne, but it was not until the 14th century that it was nearly universally celebrated within the Western Church. The illustration is a circa 1420 A.D. tempera and gilt on panel icon by the renowned Russian icon painter Andrei Rublyov, originally painted for the iconostasis at the Holy Trinity Cathedral at the Monastery of St. Sergius at Sergiev Posad, Russia, northeast of Moscow, and now at the Tretyakov Gallery, Moscow. In the Eastern Church, and in the Western church as well until the Renaissance era, depictions of God the Father are forbidden. Instead, Rubelioff used the three figures who appeared to Abraham under the oak of Mamre described in the Old Testament in Genesis 18, verses 1 to 8. Acceptance of the concept of the Holy Trinity of three separate and equal divine persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, is based largely upon the scholarship of three prominent Eastern Church saints in the second half of the fourth century, Basil of Caesarea, Gregory of Naziansen, and Gregory of Nyssa. How the writings on the Holy Trinity of these three men, all from Cappadocia in Asia Minor, became church doctrine at the Second Ecumenical Council, Constantinople, in 381 A.D., is discussed in Episode 7 in the AIC Christian Education video series, The Nicene Creed. The episode is available using links on the digital library page at the AIC website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The illustrations are clockwise from the top right image, a ninth century fresco of St. Basil of Caesarea at St. Sophia Cathedral, Ored, Macedonia, a 14th-century mosaic of his younger brother St. Gregory of Nyssa at Kora Church, Constantinople, now Istanbul, Turkey, and Andrei Rublev's temper and gilt-on-panel icon of St. Gregory Nazianzen at the Dormition Cathedral in Vladimir, Russia. Dormition is an Eastern Church word for the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The life of each of these three men, not well known in the Western Church, is celebrated in another AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, second series. Basil of Caesarea, whose feast day is June 14th, is the focus of episode 17. Gregory Nazianzen, celebrated on January 25th, is the focus of episode 8. And Gregory of Nyssa, whose feast day is January 10th is the focus of Episode 6. All episodes can be viewed using the links on the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Podcast versions of both the Lives of the Saints series and the Nicene Creed series are linked from the podcast archive page at the same site. After the Protestant Reformation and the later English Reformation, the Church of England, like most Western church denominations, continued to use the Christian calendar of the Roman Church. In 1969 AD, the Roman Church upended tradition and modified the calendar, effectively merging with Sunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and the season of Trinity into the season of Pentecost. Most Protestant denominations have followed the Roman Church's lead. Traditional Anglicans in the United States who continue to worship using the 1928 Book of Common Prayer continue to use the old calendar. The illustration for this and the next slide is a cover of the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, which was published at London in time for its first use at Whitsunday, 1549 A.D. In a variation of my practice for our Easter Tide series, in which I included Ascension Day and Sunday after Ascension as the thematic conclusion of Easter, in this series I have inserted the 1928 Book of Common Prayer services for Whitsuntide, which includes Whitsunday, Monday in Whitsun Week, and Tuesday in Whitsun Week, at the start of the discussion of Trinity Tide. To make the conversion to the modern revised system used by other denominations, Trinity Sunday becomes the first Sunday after Pentecost. And for other Sundays, simply add one to all the Sundays after Trinity. For example, the first Sunday after Trinity becomes second Sunday after Pentecost. I will return to a discussion of the themes and liturgical changes for Trinity season including its length and unique readings and proffer's in episode 2 Pentecost is a Greek word meaning 50 days with Sunday Pentecost is celebrated on the 50th day after Easter the Hebrew equivalent best based on the word Pentecost in the Septuagint Old Testament was the Feast of Weeks, which celebrated the spring wheat harvest according to Leviticus 23, verses 15 to 22. The Christian Feast of Pentecost celebrates instead the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles gathered at Jerusalem following the command and the promise of Jesus in the Gospels. The command and promise was the subject of Episode 3 in the Companion AIC seasonal video series, Eastertide, From Resurrection to Ascension, available using the episode links on the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The illustration is an illuminated letter depicting the descent of the Spirit from an early 14th century English Missal made in East Anglia and now part of the collection of the National Library of Wales. The Holy Spirit is depicted as a dove following the account of the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist in Luke 3.22. Following long-established tradition based upon earlier Eastern Church icons and frescoes and mosaics, the Blessed Virgin is shown seated at the center foreground. She sits in the seat vacated by Christ, who has ascended to the Father. In some early icons and frescoes, the seat is shown as an empty space between the apostles on the left and the apostles on the right of the image. In some church art, St. Luke and St. Paul, neither of whom was one of the original apostles, are included in the image. Together, this group represents the church universal in the secular world. In icons used later in this episode, another figure occupies the lower center of the open semicircle. We'll talk about that later. Pentecost is known in the English church tradition as Whit Sunday, which is a corruption of the old Roman Catholic name White Sunday. It refers to the white robes worn by candidates for baptism. Following the early church practices in the Eastern Church, and the practices at Rome until modern times, baptism was reserved for Whit Sunday, Pentecost. In spite of the name, the liturgical color for the season of the descent of the Spirit is red, the color of feasts of the Spirit and of martyrs. The illustration is an 18th-century apse mosaic at Novodevichy Convent or New Maidens Convent, Moscow, Russia. The convent, a large walled compound with many buildings, dates from the 16th century. The Blessed Virgin in white is seated at the center on a raised platform, surrounded by the apostles. For Whit Sunday, in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, there are a, there is a long proper preface based upon Acts two. Verses one through eleven for the sanctus which is added to the sanctus prayer in holy communion, and it reads Through Jesus Christ our Lord, according to whose most true promise the heavenly ghost came down as at this time from heaven, lighting upon the disciples to teach them and to lead them into all truth, giving them boldness with fervent zeal to constantly preach the gospel unto all nations whereby we have been brought out of darkness and error into the clear light of true knowledge of Thee and of Thy Son, Jesus Christ. The text in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer was shortened from the original version in the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. The illustration is an unusual, vividly colored tempera and gilt-on-panel icon from the Russian Orthodox tradition from the 18th century. The original is at the National Arts Museum of the Republic of Belarus in Minsk, Belarus. Western artistic influence is evident in both the color spectrum and the size and odd tilt of the heads of the Apostles. The Blessed Virgin in red is in her traditional space at the center, filling the what would have been empty space left when Jesus ascended to the Father. The 1928 Book of Common Prayer provides two sets of Collects, Epistle, and Gospel readings, with the second set designated for use at the first celebration of Holy Communion when there is more than one Holy Communion service on Whit Sunday. The first collect was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gelasian Sacramentary. It is required to be read daily throughout Whitson Week. O God, who as at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. The illustration is a Russian Orthodox tempera and gilt-on panel icon painted between 1850 and 1900 A.D. The details, including the tilted heads of the apostles, are similar to the previous example. This is the first icon used in this episode, which shows a 14th figure, an older man wearing a crown and holding a cloth mantle, positioned in the open end of the semicircle formed by the apostles. In Eastern Church iconography, he is called Cosmos, who is a representation of the authorities of the secular world who remain seated in darkness because they reject the light that is Christ. The first for the epistle reading for Sunday is Acts 2 verses 1 through 11, St. Luke's account of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples gathered at Jerusalem. St. Luke reports in verses 1 and 2 that the apostles were assembled, quote, with one accord in one place, unquote, when they heard a, quote, rushing mighty wind, unquote, which filled the house. Further detail comes in fulfillment of Jesus' promise in verse 3. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. The illustration is Descent of the Holy Spirit, a tempera and gilt-on-wood panel icon painted around 1497 A.D. for the Kirillo-Belozersk Monastery in the Vologda region of Russia. At top center are twelve flames of fire, six on each side, one for each of the apostles. Again, cosmos, representing the secular world, sits in darkness at the open end of the semicircle formed by the apostles. The semicircular form, more or less like a horseshoe with an open end toward the viewer, is meant to suggest an open invitation to those living in the present age to come into the church universal. St. Luke's report has the effect of emphasizing the universality of the gospel message, or as he put it in verse 11, the wonderful works of God. There were people present from, in verse 2b, every nation under heaven. St. Luke lists not only Jerusalem, but also Mesopotamia, which includes parts of present-day Syria and Iraq, Asia Minor, North Africa, the island of Crete, and farthest away, Rome. Most importantly, St. Luke reports in verse 6, And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. The first Gospel reading for Whit Sunday is John fourteen verses fifteen to thirty one a part of Jesus' final discourse with the disciples on the evening of Monday Thursday after the Last Supper and before his arrest following Judas's betrayal of him. The selection takes us backward in time to Jesus' promise that after he went away he would send another helper, that's verse 16 in the New King James Version, or comforter in the King James Book of Common Prayer translation. The difference is the result of how the original New Testament Greek word paraclete is translated. The meaning of both is the same. Jesus further explains the Spirit in verse 17. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. The illustration is Descent of the Holy Spirit on the Apostles, another Russian Orthodox temper and guilt on panel icon, this one from a private collection in Russia. In this example, Cosmos sits in the open end of the semicircle. The date is not specified, but is most likely the late 18th century. The Gospel reading is a long one, extended from the original in the 1549 Book of Common Prayer for the second Book of Common Prayer, the 1552 version. Prayer book scholar Massey Shepard suggests that the longer reading was included with the intent of reminding Christians of Jesus' promise of the helper or comforter, his delivery of the new commandment to love one another, and of the actual fulfillment of Jesus' promise in the descent of the Spirit. All of these topics are read on the four Sundays immediately preceding Whit Sunday. Jesus reassures in verses 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The second set of Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Whit Sunday are unique to the American 1928 Book of Common Prayer. They are not based upon historical models from the Roman Catholic Sacramentaries or Missals. The text of the Collect is suggestive of Eastern Church teaching, especially the use of the phrase, Indwelling of Thy Holy Spirit from the Eastern Church's Divine Liturgies and the Writings of the on the Holy Spirit of St. Basil of Caesarea. Almighty and most merciful God, grant we beseech thee that by the indwelling of thy Holy Spirit we may be enlightened and s- strengthened for thy service through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Spirit Ever one God, world without end, Amen. The illustration is a 19th-century engraving by Gustav Doré for the descent of the descent of the Holy Spirit from his popular work, Illustrations for the Bible, first published in 1866 A.D. Doré's work was an attempt to introduce historical art into the Western Church. Note that the traditional semicircle used in Eastern icons has been abandoned. This is because in the Western Church tradition, this is intended as a picture of an historical event. In the Eastern Church tradition, derived from the Byzantine Church, the image of the first Pentecost is not considered historical, but a spiritual-minded reminder of an event which more or less continues remaining open to the faithful. The second epistle reading for Whit Sunday, also unique to the American 1928 Book of Common Prayer, is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 14, St. Paul's mini homily on the working of the Holy Spirit in the church universal, which is one body with Christ and his list of certain unique gifts of the Spirit, which vary from person to person, including wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracle working, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. The illustration is Bernini's stained glass window of the Holy Spirit as a dove, which is placed above the throne of St. Peter in the apse at the Basilica of St. Peter in Rome, Italy. The image of a dove is one of two traditional ways of depicting the Holy Spirit, the other being the flames of fire described in Acts 2. The second gospel reading for Whit Sunday is Luke 11, verses 9 to 13, part of which is also used in the gospel reading for the rogation days. It is part of Jesus' discourse with the disciples following his delivery to them of the Lord's prayer. Jesus emphasizes in verse 9 the need for the faithful to ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. Jesus concludes with a lesson about the Holy Spirit and the benefits of asking in verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The illustration is the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, a Russian Orthodox icon by Joseph Vladimirov painted at Moscow in 1666 A.D. Vladimirov was a strong advocate for the use of modern techniques in the highly traditional world of icon painting. As in the previous example, the Blessed Virgin is prominent, placed at the top center, but the semicircular placement of the apostles used in early icons is no longer evident. This concludes Part 1 in this series. The program is continued in Part 2, focused on the collect and epistle readings for Monday and Tuesday in Whitson Week and appropriate seasonal music from the St. Chrysostom Hymnal.